0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bootstrapping SAS. I am Val Soapy and currently, I'm running Blockstatic.io, a blogging and newsletter platform. In this show, I invite guests to talk about SAS, and sometimes I run solo with an update. Hi, Summer, oh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's very nice to have you here. I was going over your website and your Twitter account and realized more about what you do, and I was curious if you could just share with the listeners a few words about what you do on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am an email conversion strategist and copywriter for SaaS and e-commerce brands. Um I have worked with um clients and companies like HubSpot, Drip, Pinterest to name a few, and I specialize in onboarding and retention-focused emails.
0: Very cool. All right. So I've I've struggled with emails a lot in my SaaS building career for, for the longest. And I never got to, you know, do them right, I guess. Um, that's probably the reason why I don't, I don't like doing it because I, I never succeeded with, you know, sending emails and getting a good feedback from, especially clients that I'm trying to convert. So
1: yeah. I
0: guess with that, what I'm trying to ask is, um, what are some of the mistakes uh, that SaaS businesses do mostly?
1: They focus on their features a lot. Right. So the the whole reason people are coming to um, a software or a SaaS company is because they're looking to solve a a specific problem that they have. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so
1: emails need to speak to that problem and the emails need to show the users that, hey, we can solve this problem for you and this is how we do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But until and unless you don't communicate that you can actually solve their problem that they have people are not going to pay attention.
0: And And so for me, yeah,
1: yeah, email is like a communications tool before it's a marketing tool, right? And when you're communicating, Mm -hmm. you're trying to understand the other person more than you're trying to tell something, right? It's more listening, less talking. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, I guess, you know, um, the the way I've done it so far, uh, sort of like using myself as a, Uh, as an example, is I have focused on features, but also sort of like trying to um, get a feel of why they registered, what -hmm. they want from from the app. But I never know how to sort of get them to respond, like a total stranger who signed up for the app Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and they're getting their first email. Like, what do you say... To get the conversation going like what are some of the some some of the tips for that.
1: Okay, so I've got a question for you. Do Mm -hmm. you want, when you say conversation, do you want them to go to your app, or do you want them to interact with your emails and give you feedback.
0: I want them to convert um, ultimately Um, yeah.
1: So f- communication is a two-way street, right? And so, and it, it and it can also be non-verbal or in in the online space. It could be just noticing what actions or inactions our users are taking, right? So, yeah. what are they clicking on? What links are they clicking on? What are they doing in app? And and I always pay a lot of attention to what users are paying doing when they're in our app because that Uh indicates their level of interest and so my whole mantra with emails and email personalization is that you have to send the right email to the right person at the right time right so if somebody is already a little advanced and you're sending them basic emails that's not going to work out right and which is why behavioral Uh emails are so important because it triggers the the email that with the content that that is most relevant to the user at that point.
0: So you're saying, you know, uh, before sending the email, uh, you tend to personalize it more based on the actions they take in the app, like looking yeah, at other data absolutely. too. Okay. Yeah. yeah so again,
1: and there's, there's also this, like for every SaaS company there and their users, there is what is very popularly known as the aha moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And the aha moment is usually defined as that action where the the user or the sub, uh, subscriber realizes that this is the solution for me right and that's mm-hmm. when they become active users of the sas uh, software mm-hmm. but i have like a lo- slightly different definition to it right i have three steps stages to it there's the aha moment which to me is when the user thinks that okay this SaaS might be the answer to my problem right and mm-hmm. i'm gonna try it out The second stage is the value realized moment where they try your app for the first time and they see their problem being solved. Right. And that's when they realize, okay, yes, this app or service can solve my problem. And the third stage is the value achieved, which is we've solved their problem now. Right. Mm -hmm. And they, because no, in my experience, no solution is a hundred percent perfect fit. Right. So right. people are everybody uses apps and softwares differently. So there is going to be a learning curve. There are going to be slight hiccups and people will need to change or adapt the way they work. Right. So mm-hmm. value achieved is when they have done that and they are now active, loyal users of your app.
0: Mm-hmm. And okay. so for
1: me, that is how I think about our users using a software or a service um or an app and then that's how i also map out onboarding email journeys
0: mm-hmm. and how do you evaluate like at which stage they're on like is there a certain interaction with the email replies or their action in the app like how do you yeah judge that? so
1: behavior trigger emails play a big role right so let's say we're sending out the control email the first email that goes out tells people hey welcome, do this, this, and this to get started, right? So we're giving them three action items, but Mm -hmm. the email marketing software and the app talk to each other and they notice that this person or the user has only done one of these actions. So then the behavior trigger emails get triggered, right? Which then tell them, hey, congratulations, you did this. Now here's the next step. You need to do this to move to the next phase. Mm -hmm. And in all of this, our messaging needs to be that we're trying to help you solve your problem. So let's say I've, I've been doing onboarding emails for a mental health app, but it's a mental health app um, that is a platform for mental health practitioners to take their uh, practices online, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we found in our voice of customer research and talking to these people wasn't that we needed to convince them about um, the value of the app, they already knew that the future is in in online practices right in in, especially Mm -hmm. in a post-pandemic world but what they were really struggling with was realizing or believing that they could do they could run their entire practice as a business from a single platform and so to us then our onboarding emails then instead of highlighting features as like hey Try, do this now do that now it also became aspirational right where we're where we're helping them set up their practice online and and helping them get their first clients in helping them get that first payment in um importing uh, their existing patients and their and their all their all their uh paperwork and data and all of that and so we became their partners in helping them get their practice off the ground mm-hmm. rather than just being a platform that was you know uh a, a tool for like for them to manage their practice right right so you need to realize like and, and voice of customer research plays a huge role in this where we talk to um users potential existing and churned and and we find out what problem exactly it is that they're finding, what objections are they having what pain points they're feeling and so on and so forth
0: one mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what, what idea that comes to mind as you're explaining this, is how much of, uh, how do I ask this correctly? So how much of, uh, what amount of your content should be sort of uh, motivational, sort of guiding your client compared to the features that you want to sell or the benefits that you're selling? Like how much you're trying to be their partner or that depends on the business. Like, is there a sort of uh, a middle line for that?
1: Um, it depends on the research, I feel, right? Mm -hmm. What are your, what, what do your users need most? So Mm -hmm. even with motivational content, right? It's just a copy angle that we're taking. It's just a strategy angle that we're taking. At the end of the day, we are telling them that they need to take a certain action, which is the only way we can measure conversions, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's just how we're convincing them to take that action is that's different.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I guess, you know, the other thing is like, what is, what's the tone? Like, this is something that I struggle with all the time. Yeah. Are you trying to uh, be friendly, professional? I know it depends on the crowd you're trying to sell to, but what has worked more like sort of in your experience?
1: Um. So uh, pretty much every SaaS company has the same brand tone and voice, right? Friendly, but mm-hmm. professional. Um... And that's OK, friendly, but prof- professional works. But it's also like just keep tailoring your tone and voice to your audience, right? So for the mental um, mental health practitioners, we knew that we through our research, we found out that psychologists like to be preferred by doctor. So and so. Right. Okay. Um, whereas. Therapists were less formal.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. And
1: so our emails were adapted accordingly.
0: Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. You don't want to say, hey, to somebody exactly. that wants to be called a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And do they differ like the sort of um, uh, the tone between B2B and B2C apps? Like, do you do you notice a, a trend there with the tone?
1: I don't. And so whether okay. I'm working with B2B or B2C, the tone remains the same because it does not matter whether you're sending an email to a B two B company or whatever, there's only one person at the other end of the screen, and that person is human, and that means okay. you're having a conversation. So, tone and voice doesn't change.
0: Okay. And what about the time frame? Sort of, you know, um, I'm always curious. I've ran both B two B and B two C apps. In B two B, sometimes the sales cycles sales cycles could be much longer. Yeah. Uh Is that something that works into email marketing as well? Like does, does that sort of reflect into that as well?
1: It does. If the main CTA is a demo, right? So for B2B companies, a lot of them are, instead of like getting free trials, they're pushing their demos. Right. And so naturally the sales cycle is longer. Um, And then we plan things accordingly. Right. So if somebody is, and and part of that comes from like planning for the non-conversions. Right. So yes, Everybody plans for the conversions, but let's not forget that at least 80% of your users and subscribers will not do what you want them to do. And so you have to have a backup plan for them as well. Like what emails Um, are they going to get if they don't do what you want them to do?
0: Yeah, and
1: Right, so Mm -hmm. it really depends. Yes, timeline can be informed by the sales cycle, but a lot of times I recommend that if it's an onboarding sequence, we strike while the iron is hot. And when somebody lapses, then we send them another email sequence or a re-engagement sequence and we Mm -hmm. handle it. Then I would not recommend stretching like an onboarding sequence across weeks or months.
0: How long would that be like usually like what's, what's your sort of recommendation for that?
1: Um, Anywhere between a week to two weeks. I've also done three days.
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: yeah, but three days were like very, very heavy on behavioral triggered emails. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So somebody that's very active initially, I guess,
1: yeah, yeah
0: mm-hmm. One thing that a lot of uh, me, a lot of listeners were sort of like early stage with our apps, and you don't get that many numbers right away. Yeah, so like how do you judge the success of your sort of email campaign, your onboarding campaign? when your numbers are not as huge as somebody, some SaaS that's VC backed, or they have like huge amounts of money and they're getting clients from ads and inbound and all sorts of ways. What do you do when numbers are not so huge?
1: Yeah, so there are two aspects to it. A, when the numbers are not huge, you're playing the long game. That means Mm -hmm. it'll take you longer to realize whether something's working or not. B, instead of quantitative data, you focus on getting qualitative data, right? So the people who are receiving those emails are they applying to you saying nice things what is what does the chat support uh, tickets look like right Mm -hmm. um is there is there mention of the emails that are coming in is there what and so there are all these touch points other touch points that you want to focus on and see what the chatter is like about your onboarding emails
0: Mm -hmm. that's a good point yeah yeah because it's so much it's very hard to judge you know if you're like getting maybe let's say five signups a day you have an email sequence and then maybe nobody replies, maybe somebody replies and then you just don't have that volume, you know? So I guess it's always a struggle like that. Yeah.
1: Um, I like back when open rates were reliable, like open rates would be a nice indication for like uh, this, but now that they're not reliable, it's even more important to focus on qualitative data. Right. And so for when your users aren't as many and you know, you're strapped, um, In a situation like this, one of my favorite strategies is to send proactive customer support emails. Now, what a proactive customer support email is reaching out to our customers, asking them if everything was okay, and just getting to know them without the user prompting an interaction. Right. And what it does Mm -hmm. is it helps us get ahead of problems before they become problems. It gives us that qualitative data we need to start making strategy decisions based on what our users are telling us.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, these are, are so? converted clients, right? Yes. Yes. So somebody okay. who okay.
1: signed up for your SaaS, right. And you mm-hmm. still don't have, let's say you have an onboarding sequence and everything in it. And it's, if it's, 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 they've been through it. It's been, let's say two weeks, three weeks, since they started using um, your software. And so you send them like a text-based email from the founder or, or the, whoever um, Mm -hmm. in your company and you ask them hey it's been a few weeks since you started using we're just checking in to see if everything's okay is there anything i can help you with just hit reply Mm -hmm. and let me know we reply like i answer every email so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just a simple invitation like this will prompt some people to reply and talk to you
0: yeah and what i've seen uh, i don't know if you've seen the same thing is usually when the app is a little bit more successful, more needed, I feel like the replies are higher compared to like yep. an app that is, is not doing so great. Is that sort of like what you've seen?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like people don't like making somebody else feel bad, right? So if they're uh-huh. um, planning on ditching the app or unhappy or, or like it's really bad feedback, they might not. But then people, especially in the SaaS world, also want to help. So you will mm-hmm. still get responses and feedback that you need.
0: And even if you don't, like that's a response too.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, where does cold emailing fit into all this? Like, are, do you have experience sort of like... Um... I don't. So it's okay, so funny you that you asked me about <laughs> cold
1: emailing because I just turned down... or well, not turned down, like told another... Um, SaaS company that's looking for emails, it's like, you're not at a stage to need onboarding emails yet.
0: Uh You're at uh the cold
1: email stage and I don't specialize in that. But cold email definitely comes way earlier, right? When you're just starting to get your first few users, your first few adopters. Um, And so, yeah, for me, if I were to take it in stages, it would be, you know, outreach through cold email to get your first few users. Then I would be focusing on the in-app onboarding which is like Mm -hmm. the messages that you get in-app when somebody is using your app, and then email.
0: Okay. And is there a reason that you didn't get into cold email, or is it just something that you didn't get to do that much?
1: Um, So my introduction to SaaS emails was through onboarding, because I was working with Val Geisler at the time. Okay. And and cold email is just a completely different beast than Mm -hmm. um, onboarding and attention-focused emails. So the strategy is different. The tools are different. The audience is different. Um, and and cold outreach is a lot harder to convert. So anybody who's specializing in cold emails has my total respect.
0: Yeah, like you have to play like a big numbers game there, probably. Yeah, yeah. Send a lot of emails and then maybe get something in, the, in return. Um, yeah, cool. So all right, uh, these are super helpful. Uh, I'm going to go in something very specific. So mm-hmm. I have a, I have an app, which is mm-hmm. a, a blogging tool. And mm-hmm. I don't have the fancy connections with other sort of metrics to right. monitor um, what users are doing. And I know a lot of other people are in the same situation where either they don't have the time, the app is super early to have any connections yet, even though that's mm-hmm. not a, not an excuse. So what would you tell somebody like that? Like, so the product is... Uh, there's no free uh, plan. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a trial, uh, no card up front. Like, what mm-hmm. sort of sequence would work in this case for like a 14 day period or so for, for the free trial?
1: It, I wouldn't know until I talk to your users, right? Okay. I don't know what problems they're trying to solve. Like, why are they choosing you over WordPress? That's the one mm-hmm. thing that I would want to know. Um, what may, What is so different about your app that they perceive, right? Like, you could talk about mm-hmm. this stuff in your sleep or until you're blue but right, right, right. how are your users perceiving and why are they coming to you um is the answers that i would be looking for before i even decide on an onboarding sequence right mm-hmm.
0: right okay all right yeah this is what i'm trying to work through actually which probably i won't get to it anytime soon but it's yeah, something so that i have to do
1: in the absence of like user interviews send surveys
0: yeah you're right yeah absolutely and maybe get get some data for that. Uh, yeah. So the idea usually is like this is what I've done in the past. Like the the idea is usually I would send a welcome email, and maybe another two or three email emails talking about some of the features, some of the benefits. And as the trial comes to a close, I mm-hmm. would start poking around a bit, upgrade that the account yeah. will end, etc. Like is that is that like the most horrible thing? No, absolutely not,
1: absolutely not. So if somebody signed up for a free trial, Mm -hmm. I almost feel duty bound to remind them, listen, this is prime, prime time for you to make the most of this app, because once it ends, you know, it ends, Um, you will then have to pay to use this software. So now is the time. And so send them reminders like, hey, your trial is about to expire. Please make sure that, you know, make the most of it. Highlight whatever features that you want to highlight in that email. Don't just let it be a reminder email. Also give them something Mm -hmm. to do with that email. Even if it's a small action that they can take, right? And at the end of it, if you feel like that they still haven't taken any action, you can send them like, hey, would you like an an extension to our free trial for another seven days? Click here to activate Mm -hmm. it, right? And that also shows an indication that this person might just be busy. They're still interested if they're activating their uh, extending their trial for another seven days.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not really wrong to be semi-aggressive with the emails. Yeah, like yeah. not emails. at all. Okay. It's a
1: free, so it's a free trial. They expect you to send them mm-hmm. emails.
0: They expect some bombardment. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, one question I, I was curious about: How did you get into this? Like, I know you, you said that you work with geyser, Like, yeah. why? Why writing emails? Like, what triggered you to to come this way?
1: Because I was a burned out content writer. <laughs> Okay. And writing. And writing was the only thing I'd ever been good at. So when I burned out yeah. as a content writer, I was like, okay, so if not content, then all that remains is copy. And so I tried my hands at website copy, landing pages, sales pages, pretty much cried my way through them all until mm-hmm. I met Val Geyser in a course that Joanna Weeb of Copy Hackers was running. And Val introduced me to the world of emails and I haven't looked back since.
0: Oh wow. And why is it? Is it because like the sort of maybe the reward, the response is there, like on the other side? Is that Yeah, absolutely. Why? I, okay. think, I
1: think that's it, because it's so much closer to results, right? So in e-commerce, mm-hmm. it's closer to the money. In SaaS, it's e- closer to the ROI. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's easy to get those wins, then celebrate those wins. Like I live off the high that my emails get, like the wins that that's my so emails good. get. Right. And Mm -hmm. when emails don't convert, I love that there is a margin for me to go back and optimize. Right. When you're writing Mm -hmm. a sales page. If the launch bombs, then you don't have the option to go back and optimize the sales page. Right. Because the launch is over. Mm -hmm. With emails, it's never ever really a total failure because you can always go back and optimize and change things because users will keep signing up and more and more people will keep seeing those emails.
0: Yeah, and then you keep improving based on that feedback. Exactly. And results. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. I guess that's the reason, you know, why I make SaaS apps because you see right away if people are signing up or they're converting. You can tweak things and that sort of reward, that quick reward is like so much better than like you said, like content writing. Like you write maybe a content, like a blog post for 2000 words and then You have to wait quite some time to see like, you know, what Google does with it, which is like, for me, it would be horrible to wait that long. It Um, was. And like
1: back when I was a content writer, comments were a thing. Social shares were a thing. But those two things are now even harder to get. So it's harder mm -hmm. and harder to figure out what what works in the content world, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I know you mentioned a little bit you you work uh, also on e-commerce, right? Is that correct? Yes. Oh, can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So in e-commerce, I specialize in lifecycle emails, right, which is the automated email mm-hmm. sequences that go out. So welcome sequence, post-purchase, abandoned cart. And I work with direct-to-consumer brands. So um, and most of it, of uh, most of my work over the last year somehow has been with women founders and POC-owned brands. So mm-hmm. that has been super interesting. Mm
0: hmm okay and like why why is is it any any reason for just direct to consumer or like i guess that's where you found yourself
1: yeah that's where i found myself and it's it's also mm-hmm. where the fun is right
0: yeah yeah that's pretty cool that is awesome yeah awesome uh so for somebody who wants to get into something like this or for for you know or somebody that's working in a company and wants to to get better at this like what would you suggest to them like where they can look for more information or like what is sort of like your website or or something that you can share that they they can so if you
1: want to learn more about emails um my newsletter emails done right you'll find it at emails I pick an email fight every week um, Mm -hmm. where I challenge the status quo of how things are done in the email world but other than that find the experts in, in the email world, there are many and just follow them, right? So you don't necessarily have to sign up for a course. You don't necessarily have to um, buy a book. You can just follow the people who are doing great things in the industry, listen to their podcasts, stalk. And it's the only acceptable form of stalking, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> okay. And just see what content they're putting out, right? Because people are very generous with the information they share online.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: learn from them soak everything that they're sharing and then go and ask them intelligent questions about everything that you're learning from them and they'll be more than happy to reply and answer
0: yeah that's such a good uh, advice and uh this was a really super awesome talk uh probably the first one actually most of the guests on my show are fellow founders like me so this was you probably like the first professional sort of outside of of our building so Yes. So this is very helpful. I know a lot of founders will find this helpful and uh, hopefully somebody that is looking for your service can contact you. Uh, for sure.
1: Glad I could help. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And is there any question that I didn't ask that maybe is uh, important to share?
1: Um, I don't think so. So I find myself talking about onboarding emails a lot, but I also like what i truly truly enjoy are retention focused emails right Uh and the reason i enjoy them is because retention focused email sequences are always situational based and they're never the same so Uh every company has their own unique retention problems uh, based on how things are performing or what's going on at their end and so i find that those are the problems that really get me excited but yeah but that's another whole conversation but if you're focusing on onboarding please make time in your calendar to also focus on the retention right and when you're onboarding Mm -hmm. onboard with long-term retention in mind so that it you're not just going after the short-term wins and then losing people to churn later on you're onboarding them for the long haul
0: Mm -hmm. that is such an important point and something that I really haven't thought about, to be honest, you know, like my goal is like on board, move on to the next one, which is, you know, not that great now that I think about it. So pretty cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Summer. Uh, It was really nice talking to you. Nice meeting you and uh, good luck with everything you're doing. And hopefully we get to talk some other time, too.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Bye.